Would you turn with me this morning, please, to the book of Acts? The book of Acts. While you're turning there, let me announce uh, something that we, the Lord's been dealing with Phyllis and I about. We're going to have, of course, the uh, special meeting with Brother Jesse here. That's the first weekend of May. First and second of May. Come be with us if you can. I'm, I'd advise you to get here early if you want a seat. Uh, we're also, uh, the Lord's been dealing with Phyllis and myself about a marriage enrichment meeting. And so uh, uh, the first week of June, the first week of June, this coming June, and uh, starting Sunday night, going all the way through Friday in that first week of June, evening services, we're going to have a marriage enrichment meeting. And Phyllis and I both will be speaking and ministering. And so come believe with us, uh, people have a lot of problems in their marriages that they don't have to have. And a lot of it's because of ignorance or, you know, just not knowing what the Word says and not knowing what to do. But the Bible has the answers. Amen. Amen. And there is hope even if you've had a hellish situation. There is hope. It can be changed. Amen. And what was once terrible can become good. Nothing's too hard for the Lord. And so uh, come. If you know somebody that needs to come, invite them to come. In uh, Acts, the 17th chapter, Acts 17, everybody okay? You comfortable? Anybody hot? You cold? A lot of people cold? Okay, they're making a little adjustment on that. Praise the Lord. Aren't you thankful for a good place to sit, though? Central air, and it's a blessing. We are celebrating the resurrection of the Lord Jesus today. Amen? And it is something to celebrate. The resurrection is the, um, oh, what, what, how could we say it? it it's the punchline of the gospel. The resurrection is the cornerstone of the Christian faith. Let me say it this way. You can't be saved if you don't believe in the resurrection. Amen. Amen. I know that's a strong statement, but it's a fact. It is that central. It is that important. There's some things that we, we you know, we're not going to argue about and fuss about. And if you don't believe in it, we're not going to, uh, you know, be disagreeable about it, but there are other things that we can absolutely have no tolerance for. You have to believe to be a Christian that Jesus is virgin born. You have to believe that he was, he became a man, became flesh. You have to believe that he shed his blood on the cross and paid the complete price for sin And you have to believe that he was literally, physically raised from the dead on the third day. And that he's alive. He's not, the body of Jesus is not in a tomb. It's not buried anywhere. That body has been resurrected and is a glorified body now. Amen. Seated at, now here's the amazing thing. There's a man 
seated at the right hand of the Father. A man. That's what the Bible says. It says there's one God and one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A resurrected man is sitting at the right hand of majesty today. He is the Son of God, but He's also man. He's our Savior. He's our Redeemer. And when He rose from the dead, it sealed it. Sealed your and my salvation, and His victory is our victory. Because He didn't need it for Himself. In Acts, the 17th chapter... Acts chapter 17, you see some, uh, some very significant phrases here that I want us to take the time to go over. I want to read a few scriptures to you this morning. Is that okay? Yeah. I want us to take the time to turn to them and look at them. Acts 17, Acts 17 and let's look at verse... Uh, Let's see, 18. Well, back up to verse 16. Paul is at Athens, which was the intellectual Mecca or center of his day. All the intellectuals were there. In fact, the scriptures tell us that all they did all day long was look to try to hear and tell something new. And Paul was stirred when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. This is Acts seventeen sixteen. So he disputed in the synagogue with the Jews and devout persons and in the market daily with them that met with him. Then certain philosophers of the Epicureans and of the Stoics encountered him. And some said, what will this babbler say? Other some, he seems to be a setter forth of strange gods. Now notice, gods, plural. They're talking about Paul. They said he seems to be a setter forth of strange gods, uh, plural, because he preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. He preached so much about Jesus and the resurrection, they thought he's talking about two different gods. Everybody say Jesus, Jesus. And, and the resurrection. You and I need to talk a lot about the resurrection. I said we need to talk a lot, think a lot about the resurrection because... There, you know, there are some people, sadly say, even in some seminaries, that they teach that Jesus was a good man and that his teachings are something we should follow to live by. But whether he literally, physically raised from the dead or not uh, is debatable. And you, we follow his teachings, but, you know, that's a little far-fetched. Somebody physically raised from the dead. And they try to act like, well, as long as we live by the teachings of Jesus, then we're Christians, and it really doesn't matter about this resurrection. Oh, yes, it does. It makes all the difference in the world. It makes the difference between being lost and saved. If he didn't raise from the dead, then he's just a man, and he's not our Savior. 
and his blood is not divine. And the price for sin has not been paid. And we are yet in our sins. And this is all a big joke and a hoax, this thing called Christianity. But I am convinced. I am fully persuaded that he was a good man and is a good man, but much, much more. He is the divine Son of God, born of a virgin, and His blood is and was pure and holy and has paid the price, and He has raised from the dead. Amen? Yes. Resurrection is a fact. And one reason I'm so excited about it is because I'm coming behind Him. Because He was raised... We shall be raised with Him. Oh, friend, that's exciting. I said, that's exciting. I'm talking about being raised from the dead. You, me, all of our loved ones that have already gone home to be with the Master, whose bodies have been placed in the ground. We are confident that there's coming soon and very soon a resurrection. Amen. Well, I'm so excited, I want to, I want to jump right to it, but I, I need to say something else before I get there. They said, you know, he, he preaches strange gods because he preached to them about Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him to Areopagus. And they said, tell us about this new doctrine. And verse 22, this is a, this is a high point in Paul's ministry. He stood up there. And looked those intellectuals straight in the eye and stood toe to toe with them and preached with great boldness. He said, verse 22, he stood in the midst of Mars Hill and he said, You men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. For I passed by and beheld your devotions. You even got an altar that says to the unknown God. And he said, I'm going to talk to you about that one today. Because the one you don't know is the one. (laughs) He said, whom you ignorantly worship, him declare I to you. God that made the world and all things therein, seeing he's Lord of heaven and earth. He doesn't dwell in temples made with hands. He's not worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he gives to all life and breath and all things. He's made of one blood of all nations of men to dwell on the face of the earth and had determined the times before appointed and bounds of their habitation that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might fill after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. Now he goes on to say, verse 31, Because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man which he's ordained, whereof he has given assurance to all men in that he has what? He's given assurance to all men in that he has raised him from the dead. When they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. And they said, you've got to be joking. And others said, we want to hear some more about this. Well, we heard about it and we believe it. We're not debating. Now see, here's the thing. If you believe in the resurrection, you believe in miracles. You believe in the miraculous. You believe if he did it, he can do it again. And he's going to do it again. 
with us. But not only that, you believe if he, if he raises people from the dead, then he also heals people. Amen. He also meets people's needs financially. Right. He protects people supernaturally. Amen. Real Christians believe in miracles. Amen. 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 No such thing as somebody's a Christian who doesn't believe in miracles. The new birth is a miracle. The virgin birth is a miracle. The resurrection is a miracle. Jesus' life and ministry are miracles. You read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see the healing of the sick, the raising of the dead, the cleansing of lepers, water turned into wine. You see miracles. You don't believe in miracles. You don't believe the Bible. You don't believe in Jesus. Can't be a Christian and don't believe in miracles. How many believe in miracles in here today? Do you? Do you believe God still does miracles? I mean, we, Phyllis is reading a minute ago, the, these healing miracles. We've had how many brain miracles already this year? Eight miracles of the brain. Eight. Number of them doctor confirmed. People healed of cancer. People healed of diabetes. Bones knit back together. Someone says, well, I just don't know about that. Well, it won't happen for you then. <laughs> Doesn't happen for doubters, happens for believers. Amen. Amen. Well, I don't know about that. I believe in what I can see. I believe in what I can feel. You're a very limited individual. And you'll limit God in your life. But if you believe God can do what you can't understand, if you believe He who made the natural laws could suspend them or change them, if you believe in a God of miracles, then you can have miracles. In your life. Somebody say, I believe. believe. Praise God. Well, I want you to notice, I'm going to back up in the book of Acts, back up to the first chapter. And here's where I said I'm going to just turn to a few scriptures and read them. Because I want to remind you in the beginning days of the church, of which we are part of the same church that began here in the book of Acts. There's not two or three different churches. I know it seems that way because there's a lot of different labels around. But there's only one church. You understand? And when you, you know, uh, you die and you slip out of your body and you go to be with Jesus, they will not meet you at the gate and ask you if you're Baptist or Presbyterian or Charismatic or Catholic. Did you hear me? And I do not believe that there's going to be sections of heaven that the Catholics live over here and the Baptists live over here. I don't believe that. Right? And you, and you showing up and saying, I'm such and such, well, it will not make any difference about you being saved. makes no difference. There's only one thing that makes a difference. Have you been born again? Amen. Have you been born again? If you've been born again, then you're in the family. Amen. You, you don't join the church in this sense. You're born into the church. Amen. Amen. By your faith in the finished work of the Lord Jesus. And as such, we got family all over the world. Amen. All cultures, all colors, all backgrounds and ages, all denominations and groups. There, you understand there are people in just about every denomination you want to talk about, people that's not, people that are saved and people that are not saved. And joining the church and putting your name on a roll or even being baptized in water and that kind of doesn't in and of itself save you. You must be born again, Jesus said. Amen. And if you've been born again, you're in the family. You're in the church. Well, in this, in the beginning days of the church, there is all this 
emphasis on being a witness of the resurrection. And I want us to read it and remind ourselves and then see how it applies to us. Acts 1, 22. Acts 1, 22. He said, beginning from the baptism of John to the same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be what? A witness with us of his resurrection. Everybody say, witness of the resurrection. In fact, that's the title of my message today that I didn't tell you about. Resurrection Witnesses. That, that's what we're talking about. In the second chapter, Acts 2, just turn over a little bit, and the 31st verse. Acts 2, 31. Talking about, He, seeing this before, spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that His soul was not left in hell, neither His flesh did see corruption, This Jesus, everybody say this Jesus, this Jesus has God raised up whereof we all are what? I said, yeah, but this is talking about people that actually saw him after he was raised from the dead. Well, yeah, have you met him after he's been raised from the dead? Do you see what I'm talking about? This This is not just for the book of Acts church. This is for us today. You and I are to be witnesses of what? Witnesses of His resurrection. And not just on uh, so-called Easter, but all the time. You know, uh, for, for some time, the Lord has dealt with me. You know, people would say Easter this and Easter that, and I'd say resurrection. Because the Lord would deal with me about it. I, I didn't know why. But I, I got into some encyclopedias and did a little extra study about this thing uh, just uh, recently. And you know, without, without going into a lot of it, I come to see, and I, I'd known this before, but I, I had forgotten about it, that Easter is not even in the Bible. It's found one time in the King James Bible in the book of Acts verse, uh, chapter 12 or so. But if you look up the word, it's the word for Passover. And all the modern translations say Passover. They don't say Easter. And I looked it up and found out that that Easter comes from a a goddess that they used to worship and and do offering to in springtime. You know, and so, you know, don't be upset. If you like Easter, that's fine. But this is not uh, just about commercialization of Easter. What is this about? Resurrection. Resurrection. And I think it will help us if we keep this in our mouth. Amen. And all the time that we're talking about, uh, you know, this time of the year and this celebration, I, I went, I, I got pages of notes that I, I found out about trying to see the dates on it. I mean, you don't even want to get into it about which date was the date for Easter. They've had whole church councils centuries ago on this. They went from different cal- uh, uh, one calendar to the next. They've changed it. Uh, you understand it was several weeks earlier this past year, right? I mean, well, so don't get hung up on the date. But we know this. Jesus has been raised from the dead. That's what matters. Amen. It's like Christmas, you know. Uh, people fuss about the date and everything. Well, that's not the big deal. He, the, the son has been given. Amen. He came into the world. And this is what we're, we're celebrating, the resurrection. There is a risen Savior. Amen. Amen. How many think it pleases the Lord to see the little one standing up here and talking about Jesus is alive and then see us, his little ones? 
You understand? We're just that little to him. Even more so. <laughs> For us stand up and talk about and profess that he's alive. We believe it. We, we hadn't seen it with our eyes, but that it's by faith we believe it. Everybody say verse, verse 32 here. It says, God has raised him up whereof we all are witnesses. Everybody say witness. Third chapter. Can you take some more of this? Third chapter. And the 15th verse. 3.15. He said that they killed the prince of life. Whom God has what? Raised from the dead. Whereof we are witnesses. Are you a witness of the resurrection? What does that mean? When somebody says, uh, how do you know that this Bible is true? I mean, how do you know? I mean, you read about it. You, the, the stone was rolled away and, and Jesus was ascended up in the clouds. How do you know that? I can say I've met him. Did you see him? No, I didn't see him with my eyes. Did you hear him with your ears? No, I didn't. But just as real. Amen. I know him. Let say, you know God? Yep. I don't know everything there is to know about him, but he's real to me. He's just as real to me as Phyllis is, or my mom, or my dad, or any friend. Amen? If he's not that real to you, he can be before the day's over. God is real. Jesus is real. Amen? How you know he's alive? He's real to me. He, he's living inside of me. Right? Is he living inside of you? Yeah. Then you know he's right. If he was dead, he couldn't be living inside of you. Right. <laughs> if he's still in the tomb, he couldn't be living inside of you. Amen. How many know he's real? You talked to him recently. Yes. Huh? He talked to you. I don't mean you have to hear an audible voice, but, but he manifests his presence to you. You know he's real. I mean, the anointing was in here strong earlier when we were singing about he's risen from the dead. On that last song, did you sense that? I mean, he's manifesting his presence. Was he real to you? Yes. Well, he couldn't be dead then. No. He was in here this morning. Amen. Amen. <laughs> couldn't be dead. He's here right now helping us in the service. Amen. He came in with you. He's going to go out with you because he lives inside of you. What is the hope of glory? Christ in us. The hope of glory. How do we know he lives? What's the old song? He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. And he what? Walks with me. Talks with me. You ask me how I know he lives. What? Come on, help me out now. I can, talk, I can say it for me, but how about you? You ask me, how do you know? How do you know He lives? He lives in my heart. He lives in me. Glory to God. You know, His plan is for us to be wall to wall, Jesus on the inside. Amen. So that He comes out of our eyes and He comes out of our voice and He touches through our hands and He ministers through our life to the point to where people could say, if you've seen them, if you've seen you, you've seen Him. Amen. 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 That is the ultimate goal of the Christian. That when they've seen you, they've seen Jesus. And it's happening. 
Well, there's so many good scriptures. Go to the fourth chapter here. Would you like a few more of these? In the fourth chapter and the first verse. As they spoke to the people, the priests, and the captain of the temple, and the Sadducees came upon them. You know about the Sadducees? (laughs) They didn't believe in the resurrection. (laughs) They didn't believe in spirits. They didn't believe in it. All they believed in is what they could see and feel. Sounds like some people today, don't it? Got any Sadducees today? And, of course, you know the old play on the word. People say that's why they were sad, you see. Well, you would be sad if you don't believe in a future. If you believe when you're dead, you're dead. That's the end of it. The end of it. It's dark. There's nothing. You're gone. Your body decomposes. That's the end of you. Well, that would make you sad. What's the point of life? It's just brief. It's just a vapor. It's here. It's gone. It's not true. I said it's not true. There's more to you than a body. You're a spirit created in the image and likeness of God. When your body dies, that's not the end of you. You slip out of your body. It's kind of like this. Your body dies. You step back. And you go, whoo, that's over. And if you're saved, there's an angel there. And he says, you ready to go? You go, yeah. He says, you want the scenic route? You want to go by the Milky Way and check it out? You go, yeah, show me everything. And you leave your body and you go up to be with Jesus. It's not even the end of your body. I said, it's not even the end of your body. The scripture tells us in 1 Thessalonians, do you remember? That there's going to come a day when the trumpet sounds. <laughs> we got to be closer to it than anybody's ever been. And the scripture says that we which are alive are not going to precede or go before the ones that have already died. But the trumpet's going to sound. And the Lord is going to come. And He's going to bring with Him that great cloud of witnesses. All the saints that are in heaven are going to come. And the Bible says the dead in Christ are going to rise first. The bodies. Now this is going to be amazing. I would like to be alive and remaining to see this. We're going to see it either way, but it would be neat to still be in the body. Think about Christians whose bodies have been in the ground for centuries. Where's their body at? It's completely decomposed. Christians who died out in the desert. Bones were bleached to powder by the sun. Winds, you know, blow the dust of four corners. Christians who died out in the ocean. The sharks got them. Where's their body? Every molecule is still here. God knows where it's at. And it's going to be amazing. When the trumpet sounds, it's going to come from the four corners. That body's going to come back together. And the glory of God's going to go through it. And the Spirit's going to go back into the body. And it's going to be immortal. Hallelujah. Incorruptible. You, Never get another gray hair. Never have a wrinkle. Never age. Never get sick. Sometimes people say, well, you know, I don't know about healing. Some people are healed here. Some people are healed there. Uh-uh. You, if you're going to get healed, you got to get healed now because later on you ain't going to need it. 
You can't be sick. Hallelujah. Why would you need healing? Healing's only good for now. <laughs> and I tell you what, while you're standing there, especially if you're standing around a cemetery somewhere. <laughs> and I mean the, mole- the dust and the molecules of these bodies of these Christians and saints comes back together into a body and the glory goes through it and it's changed into immortal and their spirit comes back into their body. You're sitting there watching all that. I mean, it's about too much for you to take in. And about that time, that power hits you. Woo! Glory to God. And it's going to flow through you and change your body. And then you're going to be caught up together in the air. You're going to lift up off the ground without an airplane. Woo-hoo! And just go right straight up in the air to meet Jesus. And to meet your loved ones. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Why wouldn't you be a Christian? I said, why wouldn't you be a Christian? I'm about excited this morning. (laughs) Glory to God. Ah. Look on down to the ninth verse of this same fourth chapter. Well, look at the eighth verse. Peter was filled with the Holy Ghost. Anybody been filled with the Holy Ghost since Peter? We have. They said to them, you rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to this impotent man, by what means he is made whole? Now, here's a man who's healed. You remember the story? He was born lame. He was crippled from his mother's womb and never had walked. Never. And he's a grown adult man. And you remember the story how that they met him at the gate, beautiful, reached out and grabbed his hand and, and, and lifted him up. And his feet and his ankles were made whole and straight. A miracle of healing. How many believe that really happened? How many believe it still happens, that kind of thing? I've seen these kind of things. People come too late to tell me, I don't believe in that. I have seen broken bones knit back together just like that. And the guy I'm thinking about right now was a surgeon. He knew what was going on. His bones were broken up in his his leg and and he he had had a temporary cast on it. He's supposed to go back for extensive surgery. They got to go in there and do a bunch of stuff and even a pin and some things and then put a permanent cast on it and it's going to be X amount of time and then rehabilitation. It was a bad break. He's a surgeon. He knows what's going on. We laid hands on him. The power of God came on him. He took that he took that temporary cast off and put his weight down on it and I saw, I saw it instantly the swelling his you know that thing was that big around it went down to normal That evening he had a shoe on No pain Never had to have surgery I have felt tumors and growths go away under my hand Mr. said, well I don't believe it Well that's your problem I was there Amen If God did this here, if He's still God, He can still do it. Amen. And this man was healed and a miracle of healing happened in his body. And the people were concerned about it. And and Peter's preaching to him. He was filled with the Holy Ghost. He said, you wondering about how this happened? He said, let me tell you. Verse 10. 
You know, healing is a perfect example to preach the gospel. People want to know, how did this happen? You say, well, let me tell you. Jesus. He said, be it known to you all and all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. Even by him does this man stand here before you whole. He goes on talking even down to the, what is it, the 33rd verse. Skip on down there. 33rd verse. He preached to him and he did a good job. And verse 33 says, and with what great power gave the apostles what? Witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. Can you see this phrase? It just keeps coming up. What? Witness of the resurrection. Witness of the resurrection. Has the church changed? The Holy Ghost hadn't changed. The gospel message hadn't changed. Christians then were witnesses of the resurrection. What are we today? Witnesses of the resurrection. Are you quick? Are you embarrassed? Or are you quick to stand up and say, I know he's alive? Huh? Even people, scoffers, intellectuals that want to make fun. And they say, well, that's just religion. That's just a crutch for the weak-minded. You say, no, we know who's (laughs) weak-minded. I know he's alive. I met him. I know him. Amen. I commune with him on my bed in the nighttime. He communes with me while I'm getting ready to go in the morning. He rides in the car with me. How could he be dead? He rode with me to work. Amen. I'm a witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. I mean, those of you that have been in church with us, you know, how could this church be here if he was dead? I'm just talking about what he's done for us, what he's done for Faith Life Church this past year. For those of you who don't know, I mean, we said we're just a, just a little over a year old. We didn't know anybody in Branson. The Lord just dealt with us about doing this. We didn't have a bunch of money. We didn't have denominations backing us. I was telling one of my uh, uh, minister friends from North Carolina a while back about he, he had heard. He said, what's happening over there? He said, you've got this church in just this amount of time. You've got this many people coming and all these things happening. And you've already given this to other ministries and money out of the churches taking care of itself. I said, yeah. I said, God's good. He said, man. And so we're eating. He kept eating. He's talking to something else. In about 20 minutes, he reached over. He said, Brother Keith. I said, what? He said, that's got to be God. That's got to be God. I said, it does have to be God. And how could it be if he was dead? Faith Life Church is a witness that Jesus is raised from the dead. He's not in the tomb. He's alive. Amen. And how many of you could testify and lift up your hand and say, the fact that I wasn't killed as a teenager or in my 20s or as a boy, the fact that I'm alive and sitting up here this morning is proof that Jesus is alive. Amen, that I've made it this far. My bills have been paid. I've been healed. My kids have made it is, is a testimony that Jesus is alive. People say, well, it's just coincidence. It just happened. It's just life. Nobody knows. Well, they can believe what they want to, but we're not ignorant. We know. We know who gives us our next breath. We know who gives us our next heartbeat. Amen? Say it out loud. I'm a witness. I'm a witness that Jesus is alive. (laughs) Glory. Glory. 
Woo, can you take a little more? Yeah. Fifth chapter. <laughs> the whole New Testament's full of this. Gee, I mean, P- Paul preached about Jesus and the resurrection so much, they thought he's talking about another God, a new God. The what kind of God? The resurrection God? No, no, Jesus was raised. But he didn't preach Jesus without preaching the resurrection because that's the punchline of the gospel. You do understand, if he'd have preached, if he'd have ministered to people, if he'd have done all kind of things and, and was a great man and died and that was it, there is no Christianity. Right? If everything had happened except him being raised from the dead, there is no cleansing from sin. There is no new birth. There is no future hope. This is the punchline of the gospel. Cornerstone of our faith. In the fifth chapter. 5 and 30. Thank you Lord. We'll read verse 29. Peter and the other apostles answered. Because these guys had told them that they had to quit preaching. In the name of Jesus. And they said uh uh. They said, we ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers did what? The God of our... They're always preaching this. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hanged on a tree. Him has God exalted with his right hand to be a prince. Everybody say, he's my prince. And a savior. Say, he's my savior. For to give repentance to Israel and the forgiveness of sins. And what? And we are His witnesses of these things. And guess who else is the witness? Also, the Holy Ghost is His witness whom God has given to them that obey Him. Oh, friend, this will change your life if you get a hold of this. That the Holy Spirit who's in us, the anointing on us. The, the ability, the, 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 the healings, the, the testimonies, the money testimonies, these are all witnesses. And the Holy Ghost is bearing witness, not to us that we're so wonderful, to Jesus, that He's alive. Amen? That's one reason we read these testimonies all the time. Every service. You know, almost without exception, we get up and talk about, Jesus did this. And do you notice, we don't even give the people's names. Right? We're not wanting to draw attention to you or me. We're not wanting to draw attention to faith, life, church. The Holy Ghost in healing us is bearing witness to Jesus. The Holy Ghost in meeting our needs is bearing witness to Jesus. Amen? And we don't want people to say, well, boy, they're wonderful. They're a wonderful bunch. We want them to say, Jesus has got to be alive. Look at that. Look at what's happening for them. Look at the people being healed. Look at the people's needs being met. Jesus has got to be real. Amen? That's to be happening in your life on a personal basis with the people that work with you, the people that stand beside you in the factory or pump gas with you or or cook food with you, the people that don't go to church but they're around you. You don't have to try to shove scriptures down their throat. Let them see the reality of Jesus in your life. That after being around you day in and day out and week after week and month after month, they ought to just have to come to the inescapable conclusion, Jesus has got to be real. Because they know you and they know you're not that smart. (laughs) They know you couldn't pull all this stuff off. 
on your own, but you keep having these things happen for you. We had somebody ask us the other day, they said, how do you keep getting these deals? Because they've seen us over a period of years. And they've seen the houses that we've got and the buildings that we've got. And they said, this is incredible. I paid this amount. How did you get that for that? How do you do that? And you don't go, well, I do my homework, bud. And, I, and I'm just sharp like that. Well, that's, you're about to go down. You'll disqualify yourself from the blessing of the Lord. No, you've got to say, oh, God's a good God. He's a good shepherd. Man, He leads us to the right place. He gives us favor. He gives us the right deal. He hooks us up at the right place at the right time. Amen? Give Him the glory. Then the, the, the good deal, the witness, the payoff, the healing is not just a reflection on you. It's a testimony. It's a witness. That Jesus is Lord, He's real, He's alive, He's risen from the dead, and He's a good Jesus. He's a good shepherd, takes good care of His own. Can you say amen? Say it again, I'm a witness. I'm a witness. I'm a witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I think I got one or two more here. Tenth chapter. Tenth chapter. Verse 34. Acts 10, 34. Then Peter opened his mouth. He said, of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons. I'm sorry, Phyllis. <laughs> but in every nation... <laughs> <laughs> he that fears him and works righteousness is accepted with him everybody in every nation the word which God sent to the children of Israel preaching peace by Jesus Christ he is Lord of all that word I say you know which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he went about hmm? condemning people for their sins. Huh? No. Uh-uh. No. That's not what he did then. That's not what he's doing now. Went about doing good and healing. Healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him. You know, this is a different subject here. But listen, friend. If you've been told that God put sickness on you to teach you. And that sickness is some, oftentimes the will of God. You've been told wrong. I said you've been told wrong. Don't take somebody's word for it. Don't take some preacher's sermon for it. Get in the Bible. Where do, what does the scripture say? What does the verse say? According to this verse, everybody Jesus healed was oppressed of the devil. Didn't say God put it on them. Jesus set them free from it. The enemy put it on them. Jesus set them free. The enemy is the thief, the stealer, the killer, destroyer. Jesus is the healer, the deliverer, the liberator. Amen? You can be healed if you'll believe. He went on to say, verse 39, and what? And we are what? We are witnesses of these things which he did both 
in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and they hanged on a tree, and him has God raised up the third day and showed him openly. Not to all the people, but unto what? Witnesses chosen before of God, even to us who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. Physically risen from the dead. He ate fish. Ate bread. You know, it's exciting for some people to know you'll get to eat later on. (laughs) Even after you've been raised from the dead. I like to eat too. Right? In fact, the, the Lord's preparing the marriage supper of the Lamb. He's setting the table. You talk about a spread. Whoo! We're going to eat and not gain weight. Oh! That'd be heavenly right there, wouldn't it? Glory to God. <laughs> oh, my, my, my. You know, I don't know if you've ever read the book. What's the name of that book about uh, the lady that went to heaven? We, we have, huh? Rebecca Springer and Heaven's Gates. Some interesting things. If you hadn't read that, you might want to read it. We, we got it back there. But she talks about... And, and uh, I've, I've seen some other writings that talk about, you know, trees in heaven that bear fruit. One person talked about an ice cream tree. <laughs> well, they didn't say it was necessarily ice cream tree, but they said that the fruit tasted like ice cream. But it was fruit. And what you didn't eat just evaporated. Wasn't even sticky. That's amazing, isn't it? Glory to God. But Jesus, in his glorified body, he ate and drank with. Remember, he told Thomas, Don't be unbelieving. Reach your hand out here and put it in my put it in the holes in my hand. Put it in my side. He could feel him. He could touch him. Jesus is physically raised from the dead. He's alive right now. He ate and drank. He showed himself to his disciples three different times. 500 people saw him at one time. His disciples handled him, touched him. He's not a spirit. He's resurrected body. That gives us hope. Our dead will be raised. We will be raised. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. We're witnesses of the resurrection. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 15. And I'm starting to close. 1 Corinthians 15. Now if you haven't read it, this, this entire 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians is wonderful about the resurrection. And it talks about the fact that if Jesus is not raised, then our preaching is vain, our faith is vain, he said. He is raised. But he goes on to talk about that the Lord is going to reign and all enemies are going to be put, put under his feet. Verse 26, the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Did you understand death is, is not even of God? A lot of people don't even know that. I'm reading scripture here, verse 26. Death is what? It is an enemy. It's an enemy. Of God, an enemy of us. It's going to be amazing that soon and very soon, the flowers won't die. Trees won't die. Animals won't die. 
How can that be? It was not a part of God's original creation. Death came as a result of sin, Romans 5 tells us. And soon and very soon, death is going to be no more. Amen. The scripture tells us that there's going to be, Revelation says, going to be no more sorrow, no more crying, no more pain, no more death. I could go on, no more hospitals, no more cemeteries, no more funeral homes, no more mental institutions, no more. Everybody say no more. Won't be long. Some of you don't know about all these things I've been saying today. Boy, I haven't heard about that. Well, don't take my word for it. Get in this book. Search it out. Check it out. Don't say, well, I don't know if that preacher's right or not. Find out. Prove me wrong. Get in the book. See. Amen. You got a book? I hope. If you don't, tell us. We'll get you one. He goes on to say that there's going to be a resurrection. And look in verse 35. Get ready to get excited again. Some will say, how are the dead raised up? People think they're so smart. That body's already completely decomposed. How in the world? Well, there's a lot of things you don't know. How could that happen? All that means is you don't know how it could happen. All all that shows is you don't know some things. We already knew you didn't know some things. (laughs) Well, I just don't see how. Well, there's a lot of things you don't see. That don't make, mean it's not going to happen. Okay. How are the dead raised up? With what kind of body do they come? Verse 36, he says, Fool, that which you sow is not quickened, except it die. And that which you sow, you sow not the body that shall be, but the bare grain, the seed, it may chance of wheat or of some other. But God gives it a body as it has pleased him, and to every seed his body. All flesh is not the same flesh. There's one kind of flesh of men, another of beasts, another of fish, another of birds. There are celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial, earthly bodies and heavenly bodies. But the glory of the celestial is one, the glory of the terrestrial is another. There's one glory, let me just stop right there, you are going to look good. (laughs) You talk about looking good when this body is glorified. Whoo! Perfection. Just thought I'd say that. There, he said that the glory of the sun, the glory of the moon, the glory of the stars, one star differs from another star in glory. So is the resurrection of the dead. It's sown in corruption. It's raised in incorruption. It's sown in dishonor. It's raised in glory. I mean, we feel our weakness. When we put our loved one's bodies in the grave, we stand there and it seems like defeat, right? Seems like the end. Seems like a time of dishonor and weakness. But we who have faith believe this is not the end. There's something beyond this. Amen. It's going to be raised, even though it's sown in corruption, it's going to be raised in incorruption. Sown in dishonor, it's going to be raised in glory. Sown in weakness, it's going to be raised in power. That's how you get through these times too. I said that's how you get through these times. You're standing there by the casket and you feel weak. 
But you've got to remind yourself there's going to be a time of power. Amen. Seems dishonorable, but there's going to be a time of glory. Won't be long. Amen. It's sown a natural body. It's raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. Skip on that. Well, I shouldn't skip on down. You got time for me to read this, don't you? It's written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam, talking about Jesus, was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural. After that which is spiritual. You and I are experiencing the natural right now. But afterwards, we're going to experience the spiritual body. Jesus' spiritual body could go through walls. He could go to heaven and back in a short amount of time. He took on different forms. Sometimes he looked differently. That You talk about, you know, changing your hair color. This is way out beyond that. <laughs> you can look so different until people say, boy, you look different today. Almost like somebody else, but you look good. <laughs> Just because of the glory and the life that's in you. Amen. This glorified body. Verse 48, as is the earthly, such are they that are earthly. As is the heavenly, such are they that are heavenly. As we've borne the image of the earthly, which is happening now, we shall bear the image of the heavenly. Philippians says that he's going to make our body like to his body. And when we see him, we're going to be like him. Amen. Boy, it's exciting. He said, verse 50, get ready to shout now. This I say, brothers, flesh and blood can't inherit the kingdom of God, neither does corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. <laughs> There's going to be some people alive, mortal, like us right now. When it could be us. I said, could be us. But we will all be changed in a moment. Going to happen quick. In the twinkling of an eye. Everybody twinkle your eye. That was fast. That's a lot faster than all your exercise programs can, <laughs> can do anything for. You wish you could twinkle your eyes right now and, and make a difference. but Flesh and blood cannot inherit In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet might sound. Uh -uh. Is this going to happen? Are you sure? I'm as sure of anything as I've ever been sure in my life. This will happen. The trumpet shall sound. What's going to happen then? The dead shall Shall, every relative you've ever buried, every friend you've ever buried that's saved and in heaven now, shall be raised incorruptible, and then we, we shall be changed. It's going to happen. You can't say it any stronger than it shall be. Can't say it any stronger. Shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. So when, not if, 
when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Woo! And you and I are going to stand up on that day and we're actually going to jeer death. We're going to jeer it. What do you mean? We're going to say, hey, death, where's your sting, bad boy? Huh? Grave. What about it now, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, you were big and bad when I lived on the earth. We put our relatives in the ground. We buried our, uh, our friends. You were so bad, you gobbled them up. Where are they now? Huh? All gone, ain't they? Where are they, grave? You got any victory in there, grave? No, you don't, because we got it all. Death, where's your sting? Grave, where's your victory? We're going to do it. We're going to say it. The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God... Who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Stand up on your feet. Give thanks to the Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you you for victory. Thank you for victory. Oh, just thank Him out of your heart a little bit. Just lift up your hand. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for victory. Victory over death, over hell, over the grave, over sin. You've proven the victory in that you have been raised from the dead. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Well, I'm happy about this. People can't figure us sometimes. Why do y'all go to church all the time? Why y'all so? I mean, y'all stay in there a long time too. And what do y'all do? Well, hey, we got something to be excited about. This is not just ritual for us. This is real to us. Hallelujah. We're not just talking. This is not just philosophy. This is not just somebody's opinion. This is fact. This is reality. Hallelujah. What a future. We have to look forward to. You know the scripture tells us in Romans 10, 9 and 10. How to be saved. How to be born again. Anybody remember it? If you will confess with your mouth. What? The Lord Jesus or Jesus is Lord. Now that specifically you're talking about. Confess with my mouth. Confess with your mouth. Jesus is you could say my Lord. Confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and what? And believe in your heart. What? That God has raised him from the dead. Out of all the things that the Lord could tell us that we had to believe to be saved, he takes this one thing, doesn't he? You must believe this to be born again and say can't be theory can't say well I don't know I'm not sure about it you have to be 
have to be convinced, have to be fully persuaded. If you would just close your eyes right now. In fact, you can go ahead and be seated again. Be seated.